Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show, where we talked a little bit about China and uh, a bit of a worrying development in the world of Premier League football over there, all be explained by the prof, uh, Simon Chadwick. Uh, we also spoke to a guy who's such a fan of the Tour de France, and he's mm. been for the last 21 years that he has uh, reenacted it as it's not happening at the moment in his garden in yeah, miniature. In miniature, yeah. It was no, brilliant. Not. not the whole thing. <laughs> that would be asking too much. Martin Kellner was on fine form as oh, always yes, he when he brought is, us yes. his Pick of the Week's TV, uh, sports TV. And Mike Ward with his uh, Pick of the non-sporting TV. That's it, yeah. So a lot of TV. But anyway, I think it all works. We had a bit of a chat as well, of course. So here it all is. <laughs> Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Good afternoon, Paul. And uh, I've got my, I'm very proud to say I've got my Ruth Strauss cap here. Yeah, you're, you're fantastic. It. Wearing it's red for Ruth nice, today yeah, is so sensational. I'm wearing that. And I'm looking forward to uh, Raheem Cornwall. Uh, I saw him bow. He's tremendous, isn't he? Uh, chasing one to the boundary is my thing. I, you want to see him slip, do what yeah. ben, ben Stokes did the other day? It's, it's I'll interesting. Say to you though, I yeah. hope he doesn't encroach on the pitch because it'd be like the heavy roller. <laughs> But you're right, you know, you don't see many spinners of that height, so it's coming It's coming off from a yeah. hell of a height, isn't it? It's bouncing yeah. very high. And I always think in a five-day test match, it's a great idea to run yourself out in the first morning. Yeah, it wasn't Tremendous very clever idea, from the really. gaffer, was it, from well, the skipper? Well played. Yeah. Now, uh, congratulations yeah. to Jordan Henderson, announced yes. as the Football Writers uh, Football of the Year this morning. I have no problem with and that. interesting, uh, that neither you or our producer in the studio today, Jamie, felt that I would have voted for him. But I did. I well voted. Done. I voted for Jordan. Well, it's, it's not. It's not. You know. Congratulations. Not in order. Yeah. A lot of other people did, which is why he won. Yeah. But it came down to the same uh, people that I'm sure everybody had yeah. to come down to. But when I thought it through, I thought, well, look, a he captained Liverpool in the first title in mm. 30 years, and he's one of those players. There are okay. Look, there are definitely players more technically gifted than him as footballers that get you out of your seat, and they were on the shortlist as well. But ultimately. He's the sort. He's kind of an unsung player. You only you re, Liverpool really miss him when he isn't there. Often, have we sat and said, "I really miss Jordan Henderson." You know, Absolutely. He's, he's that kind of player. And apart from the other stuff that he did off the field mm. during the virus, um, I felt was a player. He's, he strikes me as one of those guys who's clearly worked very hard on his game. You know, he's he's not a, a sort of sea of totally, natural I talent. Totally no. deserved him. So opinion. I felt for all those reasons, yeah. he, he he totally deserved it. And he's, he's a great skipper and has had a great season. I so. voted for Kepper. 
<laughs> well, I mean, we were saying, could there be a kind of football version of the sort of Razzies where you, where you, you, you I wonder if those players would turn up though to collect the the kind of football raspberry awards? No, It'd be a bit idea, harsh, it, wouldn't really, it? Yeah. But I mean, yeah, yeah. we don't want to name names. Hashtag be kind and all that. Oh yes, but don't we all know if we had to pick one from our own clubs. I think we'd know where we'd immediately go to, but there we are. That hashtag could have been designed for me, couldn't it? Hashtag be coming. Yeah. <laughs> no, has, yours is hashtag be pathetic, horrible. hashtag what's the point. <laughs> I, I do like these, though. You know, I always look th- through the forthcoming marriages, yeah. and uh, uh, this one's good. Uh, Miss L.A. Browning. And seriously, this is somebody's name. Mr. M. Mule. <laughs> It's like one of those things. M. Muffin. It's like one of those ones we can't get. be muffin. <laughs> of course not. It's like one of those ones we get at the end of clips of the week. That Mr. M. Mule. Yeah. <laughs> but no. It's Here he person. comes. They all said at the wedding <laughs> when he walked down the aisle. It's oh, I see. Because it's it's Marco and, and underneath Marco it's, Mule. It's it's Mule in the main title, but underneath it's Mule. Ah, uh-huh. is it a little accent on the ears? <laughs> yeah, yeah, if but I in was the main bit, it just says Mr. M. Mule. I was thinking, I'd, all right. <laughs> I'd call myself. I'd 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 call myself Mule if I was. It's yes. Nicky Banger all over yeah, again. And isn't a wedding it? I'm going to actually, Mr. J. C. Henniker and Miss A. M. Cauldry, and I've got to get something to chuck at the wedding. Yeah, some Henniker rice. <laughs> Thank you. God, blimey. <laughs> Even when the birthday spread isn't on, it's still on. <laughs> Give it a break. Oh, what about And uh, what else have we got? Oh, yeah, I love this text. This is so people... This shows how biased people are. This is clearly from a Manchester United fan. Uh, Clive Sweeney in Basildon wrote to the yeah. uh, Star. He said, Both Leeds and Liverpool fans have ignored social distancing three times now. Both of them should be docked 20 points for next season. Oh, that's wishful thinking. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen, is it? No, I don't see that happening. Not at all, 20 really. points. Arbitrary. <laughs> Number he's come up with well, there, hasn't he? Really? Uh, yes, I think he's. Uh, I think he's got a vested interest. Would be my guess. Uh, Leroy Sane seems to have let it slip that Chelsea have signed yes. Kai Havertz. Yeah, um, great idea. yeah. He said uh, it's good for Chelsea that they've signed two top German talents in Timo mm. Werner and Havertz. So, um, I, yeah. I, Are you pleased? Look, we, first of all, I don't know enough, enough about him to say whether I'm pleased or not. All I know is we've got Loftus Cheek, Barkley. The mount, they're all playing the same you position. You worry about the pathway, do you, for your well, homegrown boys? Not just that, I just think, why are you spending 70 to 80 million on a player when you actually need a left back, a centre half, and a goalkeeper? Basically, Chelsea will not challenge for the title until they address those three problems. Yeah, they're the first th- three so things matter. you want to see. Yes, okay. they're going to be score a lot of goals next season. They're, they're great to watch this season, and they'll be great to watch next season. But you know, yeah. if you actually want to win anything, or they want to win the league, or, or go far in the Champions League, you have to have a defence. You have to have have to have a goalkeeper. So we'll see what they do. We'll see. There's other rumours in the fire. I'm sure other clubs are going to do business as well. So we'll see what happens. But you can only judge it by October the fifth. Of really. course, indeed. <laughs> Which sounds a very weird thing to say yeah, doesn't it, does. it only judge it by October the 5th um, well, Roger Clifford should be a detective talk sport listener he said a stolen penny farthing does the YouTuber you spoke to yesterday who said <laughs> yeah. that he was planning to do his it's next stunt true. on a penny farthing does he have an alibi well he's got a point yeah. really yeah. We'll, uh, we'll have to find out I was so watching a bit of Roger. fake Britain last night and uh, yeah. was it good it, well it's always the same everything fake have you seen there's a knockoff version of that on one of the other channels <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, it's yeah. really good it's a bloke called uh, Dan 
Little Wear. He's the bloke who... <laughs> and he's a little short, bald fella, a bit of a Cockney accent. Um, it's be, brilliant. Beware, but, it can be damaging to your health. But the, what they did last night was... The I'm trouble not, is my mum watches it, and then I go round there, and she, she it's like it's like Don Littlewood is, it knows everything. So everything he says is... I mean, I'm sure it is. I mean, they come from, it comes from a good place. But she'll say to me, I'll have something, and she'll say, do you know, there's a lot of fake ones of those around. Have you not seen fake Britain? Oh, this yeah. is definitely... That's a real iPhone, mum. Serious, I've got from the Apple shop. <laughs> you can buy no, off a bloke I mean, in a pub. Things, you know, fake, certain fake things can be really dangerous. It's oh, yeah, a, of course it they performs can. a great service, the it does, it does. But last night they did fake pizza with fake mozzarella. It's not that important, is it, really? <laughs> well, could, no, you could get salmonella from a bit of fake mozzarella, can't you? I don't know. Of course you can. Well, I don't think you can, necessarily. I think, it's, you know, it's the thing, I don't know. Well, you know, Trevor That's a Brookie vegan <laughs> pizza, says Bill, who's on the deck today. So <laughs> yeah, basically, Bill. fake mozzarella. Well, I think it's the difference between buffalo mozzarella and your normal mozzarella, really. Okay. I mean, you, you know, you've got to be really into it to know I the difference. Take some of my milk or buffalo. That must, that's a specialist. <laughs> that is a specialist job, isn't it? Imagine that's that. A very good point. Imagine that going I mean, as a rookie. Going that. in as a rookie. <laughs> the fact when it looks, when it turns around and looks at you and sees, sees you're a rookie, and then that, you know, oh, yeah. God, I wouldn't fancy mm. doing that. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. Hawks, me and Jacobs uh, here on Talk Sport. Well, a bit of um, political tit for tat has found the Premier League uh, in the middle, as we were saying earlier on. The relations between China and the UK government not great at the moment mm. of the uh, events around Huawei and indeed um, uh, Hong Kong and the British government's uh, attitude towards China there. So um, we've already seen uh, a bit of retaliation, albeit minor at the moment, but Chinese state television has relegated Premier League matches to a pretty obscure television channel. Um, we thought we'd find out whether this could go in. The, you know, the worst thing is they're not going to show games on Sunday, apparently. The final day of the season. You have to feel for people who like the Premier League in China. Yeah. Thanks. If you were... Uh, I mean, you wonder, you know, there's a lot of Chinese investment in, in the Premier League. So sure. joining us now, Professor Simon Chadwick, who's Professor of uh, Eurasian Sports at uh, Emelian Business School. Good afternoon, Simon. Good to talk to you. Hi there. Yeah, I mean, could you see this escalating? This is a fairly sort of minor skirmish at the moment, sort of moving football to a lesser channel, or isn't it? I mean, culturally, does, is, is that more significant than we maybe think over here? Uh, I mean, from my perspective, I, I don't think we, we should dismiss out of hand what has just happened. Um, just to, to kind of give your listeners a, a little bit of an insight, on Tuesday it was announced that... Um, Premier League games for the final weekend of the season would be uh, would be relegated from CCTV5, uh, which is a, a state-owned free-to-air channel, to CCTV5+. Plus. And I guess if we were to make a comparison, this would be like uh, taking Match of the Day off BBC One and putting it on BBC Three, but then charging people to actually watch it on BBC Three. Right. So it's it's, it's 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 not insignificant. Um, my view of it is is that obviously there's only one game to go. Uh, it is the uh, um, it is the end of the season, uh, and it, and it's something of a warning shot by the Chinese across the bows of the British, and across the bows of, of the British government in particular. Because if you if you're looking at you know what, what are the most popular, what are the biggest exports from Britain to China, or you know, Harry Potter and Oxford and Cambridge and Premier League football. So mm. you know the, 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 this is not nothing, and and. 
You know, it, it's a bit like, uh, it's almost a, a little bit like gunboat diplomacy where you, you've got ships in the middle of a sea kind of sailing close to each other and kind of pulling threatening faces. So it's it might seem like relatively little, but I think, you know, potentially it, you know, it could medium to longer term develop into something more. There's nothing the Premier League can do, is there, really? I mean, this is so much a government thing. So they just, whatever they decide, they're going to have to take it, aren't they? My view of this is, who'd be Richard Masters? You know, yeah. I, I know, I know a lot of football fans uh, are not especially uh, complimentary about Richard Masters, but you know, poor guy, um, because he's not only now potentially having to confront a skirmish with the Chinese, but obviously this comes on the back of the whole Newcastle United Saudi Arabia World Trade Organization issue. And the reality is, is uh, China and Saudi Arabia and many other countries, you know, they, these are not democratic countries. These are these are countries where they have um, non-elected leaders. Uh, they're, they're authoritarian governments. Um, and, and so there's, you know, in, in some ways, there's very little you can do. And particularly with China, you know, very soon it will be the biggest economy in the world, uh, one of the largest populations in the world, massive economic growth rate, increasingly powerful politically across the globe. Uh, the Premier League alone can't deal with them. I, I think the Premier League and, 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 and football in general is getting caught in the crossfire of something that's much, much bigger. And those clubs that are pretty reliant on Chinese money at the moment, it's over, well over a billion being invested in, in clubs in this country. Saints, Wolves, West Brom, Tottenham are involved with the Chinese uh, insurance company uh, and others, I'm sure, in maybe minor stakes. And, the, you know, the president is all-powerful, of course, uh, Xi Jinping. Could he turn around and say... No more investment from Chinese companies in the Premier League. Well, again, just to, just to reassure football fans, you know, if, if we're living in a street, uh, you know, the drama is taking place down the street at the moment. Right. And, and so it's not, you know, it's it's not as though the tanks have rolled up on our lawns just yet. You know, the drama's happening down the street, and and so I, I I'm not going to tell you that you know, West Brom Albion's owner taking his money away from West Brom is is imminent. Or that you know, lots of sponsors or gambling sponsorships are going to disappear overnight. I'm not going to say that, but what people need to do, what football fans need to do, is is just keep a close eye on what's happening between Britain, Hong Kong, China, Washington, because if President Xi, uh, President Xi starts to to impose, for example, um, capital controls, so if he starts to say um, you know, to Chinese investors, "I'm going to stop you investing overseas." Then that could then begin to have some ramifications, and and this is not this actually happened before in 2017. I'm sure many Aston Villa fans, many West Brom fans will say, well, you know, kind of 2008, 17, 18, the money seemed to dry up, and we didn't make any big name signings, and there is a reason for that, and that's because President Xi did impose capital constraints on on Chinese businesses. So. As I say, you know, the drama isn't on our front lawns just yet as football fans, but there is drama down our street. And, and you know, we'd be best uh, best advised to stand on the front doorstep and look down the street and keep an eye on it because it could come our way. Good stuff, yeah. Simon. Appreciate you joining us. Thank you very much. Cool. You can come our way. There's nothing we can do about it. That's <laughs> the problem. <laughs> That's true. I mean, how, yeah, how do you stop it? As you said, it's government-led. Professor Simon Chabick there, professor of, uh, professor of Eurasian. Well, I was about to say Eurasian. So I will really say professor of Eurasian. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You have to say Thanks. at uh, Emily and Business School. I mean, the old racing commentator Peter Moore's there. Yeah, he kicks to one. I went a bit there, didn't I? He <laughs> did. So, yeah, but pretty pretty worrying times for a lot of those clubs that have got yeah, heavy investment from, from Chinese businesses. And we know, you know, we, we saw when he wanted to 
China mm. to be good at football, suddenly they were spending but lots of money on football. Thing, I mean, from a uh, sorry to bring you back to Chelsea, but I mean, <laughs> all the problems with Russia recently <laughs> this week. Yeah. You know, because up to that point, I was thinking, oh, Bramovich might be allowed back in. He did some amazing stuff, Chelsea, you know, on his behalf, basically during the lockdown in yeah. terms of the NHS and making the stadium available and all the stuff at the hotel and all that stuff. So I was thinking, you know. And he, he's planning on, there was word that he was planning on building the stadium, which would provide a lot of work yeah. for people, which would be great. But mm, it doesn't look like he'll be able to come back now after what's See, When the game week. was run by old pork butchers from Burnley, you didn't have to worry about geopolitics, <laughs> did you? Very, very true. You offered them five quid a week and they signed it. Those were the days, Andy. Yeah, well. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Hardcore enthusiasts like, like our next guest had to find a way to get their Tour de France fix. Mm. But I think it's fair to say Peter Martin, who uh, normally goes to France to watch uh, the Tour and has done so for the past 21 years with his family, has gone above and beyond, recreating uh, the Tour, even the mountain stages. I think he's doing each stage uh, as during the day. Uh, and he's kind of moving the... Oh, let's find oh, out. Oh, that's let's elaborate. find out. <laughs> wow. uh, Peter, good afternoon. Oh, good afternoon, champs. Thanks for having me. Well, it's always a great pleasure. I mean, I've seen, some of the pictures I've seen in the papers today, I mean, uh, all the riders uh, that you've got, you've got kind of small uh, models of cyclists. Are they all in the, the colours of the teams as well? Have you gone that far? Yes, yeah, yeah. Wow. I've got them all. So, um, and teams right across the spectrum from the 60s right up to present day as well. So... Uh, where, where did you get those from? I've never seen little cyclists like that. They're fantastic. Yeah, they're good, aren't they? Yeah, um, France mainly. Um, car boot sales. Long time ago, when I was about eight or ten, I bought a few from a toy shop in France. I was quite fascinated by them. Oh, wow. I knew yeah. nothing about the tour then, um, and they were put away for quite a while till I got back into it. And uh, yeah, car boot sales. Um, there's a couple of places online that do hand painted ones, but yeah, they're, they're quite popular abroad. It's like, uh, it, I was explaining it to Paul when I first saw it, it's like Sabutio, it's that Sabutio Tour de France. Yeah, it is, if there was ever such, you just sort of nudged them up the hill. That's <laughs> how you could... Drag them, drag them along on the bit of card, yeah. yeah. Like Sabutio cycling would never really work, would it, <laughs> as a sport? The, but it's not just the bikes, Peter, it's, um, you got all the support vehicles, the motorbikes, the, the, uh, the, the uh, coaches, I mean, everything you've covered. Yeah, pretty much, um, I've got all the referees' vehicles, um, cameramen, team buses. I've even got a, a big Norbert Dentress angle lorry who used to sort of... Uh, oh, yeah. ...about on the roads of Britain. Yeah, but that's got all the Tour de France logos on it. I think that's quite rare. I actually did pay a little bit of money for that. But um, the rest of the stuff is really sort of quite affordable. Um, but it has taken me like 20 years to get that, that amount. Um, but no, it's I've done it for Twitter, really, because I, I count down to the Tour de France on my uh, Twitter account every year from the minute mm. it finishes every day. Just put a photo on, and then I realised everybody, you know, there, w- there wouldn't be a Tour de France. So I thought, well, I've got the stuff; I can make one up. Uh, yeah. So I did that, and then um, people started to get involved. So they'd ask where certain riders were, and I sort of had to then make up a, a general classification and give them all timings. And every day, people would sort of tweet me, say, "Who's in the lead?" and this sort of thing. And uh, one of the riders I put in the lead, a rider from the seventies called Henny Keeper, and uh, he's on Twitter, and he said, "Brilliant." I'm over the moon. It's the first time I've ever been in yellow at the Tour de France. I never <laughs> thought this day would come. <laughs> so, so even the ex-riders have got involved, and uh, oh, it's been great fun. Yeah. Are all your riders clean, though? Are they, uh, you, know, t- do you have to test them. Well, yes, definitely. I mean, this, this was a, a, an issue, and I did have Lance Armstrong in there for a little while. <laughs> I know. Um, and I thought, well, I better call him he who should not be named so that nobody really realises <laughs> 
Um, but he met an, an unfortunate end with a uh, stray cow. So I, right. I, I kept it clean, but um, I, I had to remove him because he was getting quite high up the uh, classification. So I thought I'd have complaints. Have you got uh, Bernardino in there? Is he cycling at this tour? Uh, he wasn't, actually, no. Oh. Uh, because I, I, somebody requested him and mm. a couple of other riders, so I thought, well, I'd better put an order in with a, with a company in France. And they, they only came sort of one day before the end. So I thought it might be a bit late to put him in there. But, yeah, I've, I've got one now, so um, any, any ride that I perhaps do next time will, uh, will have an even bigger field of classic riders in it. I thought he might have been still rowing Greg LeMond, you know, and if that was still going on all these, yeah, all yeah, these years imagine. later. Yes, yeah, I couldn't have them fighting. That kind of thing. <laughs> they were going out during the day, so it, oh. I had to keep it clean for that. Now, the other thing you've done is uh, you've, you've got a bridge across the paddling pool to yeah. kind of show their, their kind of ride along the Atlantic coast as well. Yeah, they were coming off an island uh, just off the French coast. Mm. And thought, hmm, how can we uh, recreate that? So I've dangled this uh, bit of wood over the uh, over the pool, and um, I actually got in the pool. It was freezing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> did you um, did you take them all up to Yorkshire for the start? <laughs> no, no, I did take myself up there, but not no. But um, I've got a collection of sort of all sorts of things Tour de France related that we sort of put a show on once a year and sort of fill a village hall full of sort of all the paraphernalia that goes with the tour. I've got magazines and things going back to the twenties. Uh, the 1920s, that is, not the 2020s. Um, yeah, and posters <laughs> and signs and uh, anything, basically, that's sort of affordable that I can get to go with the tour. I just add the, the collection. And we usually put that on once a year for charity, but obviously this year's been uh, sort of scuppered um, somewhat. But, uh, yeah, so uh, it, it's fairly well sort of known locally that I do these sort of things, but um, we're getting a bit, bit of a broader coverage this year. You've, had, you've met some of the riders over the years when you, you got on the tour, haven't you? Yes, yeah. Um, I have actually met Bernardino. He, huh? uh, you know, I couldn't really communicate with him because he either didn't want to speak to me or uh, my French wasn't good enough. Yeah. Um, but I've met Alberto Contador, um, Eddie Merckx, people like that. Oh. So it's, it's quite an accessible sport, really. You know, if you go fairly regularly, you generally tend to bump into these people who are just wandering around. Hmm. Exactly. Are, you, are you hoping, because the tour's been delayed, are you hoping to get over uh, later yeah. in the year? Yeah, providing it's safe to do so, um, and obviously we're welcome there, you know, uh, yeah, it's um, it's certainly on my radar, I shall leave it very last minute to make sure it's all sort of okay to go, um, but yes, I, I've been for the last 21 years, so I don't really want to miss one, um, but uh, these are different times. Absolutely, yeah, so where can people find you on Twitter if they want to look at these photographs, they're great fun if uh, we've explained it, but it'd be nice to actually have a look at them, so uh, yeah, can they... These- the easiest way to find them and not sort of get cluttered up with anything else is use the hashtag #tourdmygarden. Okay, brilliant. Um, but my uh, my Twitter handle is uh, at forty one tour stages. Okay, brilliant. All right, well, let people can go and check them out. It's great fun. Well done, Pete. Lovely brilliant. story. Thanks very much for joining us. Yeah, thank you. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talksport. Years ago. Well, it's one for Martin Kellner. It certainly is. Hawksby and Jacobs here on Talk Sport. Uh, and Martin Kellner joins us as always with a week of sport on TV. And Andy has only just realised that all these Sky Sports news presenters are sans tie because th- this has been happening for a while now. They've, 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 they did away with the ties for the kind of smart casual look, Martin. You probably noticed really? that yourself. Yeah, yeah. What about no, Jim's I yellow have... tie? Oh, no, Jim doesn't wear his yellow tie anymore. Oh, really? I mean, he might on transfer deadline day, but he's 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 without tire these days as well, Jim. Blimey. Well, everywhere you look, standards are slipping. That's why that is. Well, no, hey, hey, it's funny you should say that, Martin, because uh, we had uh, a bit of correspondence during the week 
Catching up with TSH and J podcast when I hear journalistic standards crash to a new low. <laughs> there is no Waitrose in Weatherby, Martin yeah, Kellner, oh says Guy I, I Cooper. Got, yeah, I got a lot of those myself. I mean, way, it strikes me, I have to say, it was journalistic licence. I thought Weatherby, there must be a Waitrose there. But there's certainly something uh, upmarket of Morrison's that um, Marcello Bielsa could do his shopping in if he wanted. But he's man of the people. That's what I say. He he's man of the people. Certainly is, Martin. So what have you watched this week? Well, how long? Well, first of all, uh, just a query for you boys. Mm. How long do I have to keep doing this before I'm described <laughs> as legendary talk sports, sport on TV reviewer? Uh, because Next uh, week, I mean, if you like. I mean, I can phase it in, start phasing it in next week. I think we should. I think <laughs> yeah. Should. Now, Patrice Evra was mm. one of the uh, pundits on the uh, Man U West Ham match. Uh, that's West Ham legend Patrice Evra. Yeah. Oh, for uh, goodness sake. Just, he yeah, played for us just... for 10 minutes. In, <laughs> you know, just, well, I say played, he came on a sub sort of twice, I think. Yeah. Um, maybe started once. But very biased towards Manchester United, I was noticed. But the other thing I noticed about Patrice Evra <laughs> was that um, he was doing jokes. Did you see this? No, no I didn't. No. I did, I didn't well, it's a fairly questionable joke. But at half time, they were talking about the Pogba handball. Hmm. And he said, yeah, definite penalty. Unless there's Stevie Wonder doing the VAR. Oh, okay. I had to check with my son. I said, did he really say that? And um, both of us heard it. He said that's what he said. So he's doing... I mean, it is hard, I have to say, judging the crowd. And uh, also, you know, if you're making jokes in your second language. Yeah, that's um, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is hard. I mean, Henning Vane does it very well. Mm. Uh, Eddie Izzard's done some gigs in France. But, you know, if you watch um, Live at the Apollo, a number of people there can't even do it in their first language. <laughs> So, uh, no names. I'd quite like to see Stevie at Stockley Park. Really. Yeah, yeah. Don't you start, Andy. This is, I mean, I know English is your second language as well. Certainly the way you do some of those reads on the show. So, anyway, yeah. so to, balance, to balance things up, um, on the BBC iPlayer, and it's a brand new show, and if you're at all interested in the issues raised by Black Lives Matter, etc., yeah. uh, you should watch this show. It's called Arthur Ashe, More Than a Champion. Um, Arthur Ashe won Wimbledon in uh, 1975, and as we know, he died of AIDS because of a, a tainted, uh, tainted blood that he received in a, in a blood transfusion. Had a couple of illnesses before that as well. And he was interviewed shortly before he died, and he said, uh, of all the things, of all the challenges he had to face, you know, both in tennis and also in life, the hardest challenge was being a black man in America. Yeah. Um, and he was saying that in uh, 1990, uh, just before he died. But it's a great show. Um, he was born in uh, Richmond, Virginia, which was capital of the, of the Confederacy, still segregated in post-war America. Not after uh, he was born, but certainly he was born into a recently uh, non-segregated uh, part of America uh, and um, very gifted at tennis, uh, but couldn't get into a tournament. Um, and he was quoted a guy called uh, Mr. Sam Woods. He was called him Mr. because he was such an important man. Mr. Tennis in Richmond, Virginia, who wanted, you know, because he was such a talented player, wanted to let him into a tournament. But all hell would have broken loose if Arthur Ashe had appeared uh, in a tournament there in the uh, in the 1970s. 
uh, it was just horrendous. What you know, it did really reveal uh, the level of um, discrimination they had to overcome to uh, to play tennis. Yeah. But it's a great if you, if you like tennis at all. I know, Andy, you're a big fan. No, if I like, like tennis, tennis documentaries. It's funny. I've seen that. Also, the, tennis yeah. this the, era, the, the Ever Navratilova Ash, one. Yeah. You know, these these were different. They were kind of real yeah. characters, weren't they? The McEnroe Connors totally. documentary, which is a wonderful documentary. Yeah. So where where would we find this? Because I'm interested to watch this. It's on the iPlayer. It's on the iPlayer. Well worth, highly okay. recommended. And all those people you mentioned, <clears throat> they're all in it, and Stan Smith and various <clears throat> other people. Uh, and um, he was quite uh, friendly with Billie Jean King. In fact, they were a team on uh, HBO when uh, HBO covered the tennis because he was uh, <clears throat> he was a bit of a pundit as well. But very serious about things. And he was talking about, you know, his parents were basically saying to him, you know, in the face of horrendous discrimination, were saying, you know, don't mix in. And that was the attitude taken by a lot of people. You know, they wanted to fit in in what what was described as a black man in a white world. Um, and, uh, you know, he went to West Point, the military academy and all that. Uh, and also, it's quite if you're interested in tennis tactics at all, it's quite interesting how he completely um, he completely sidelined um, John McEnroe by changing his tactics for that final uh, in '75. So he's a tactical brilliance as well. Um, and there's quotes from uh, on there's bits of Harry Carpenter. I know you like a bit of Harry Carpenter and Frank Boff uh, in some of the archive um, sequences in it. So well worth watching. A lot, a lot of stuff about uh, Bobby Kennedy and uh, Martin Luther King keeps that. You know, it tells you about the era, that you know what was going on in America at the time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and great uh, soundtrack as well. They uh, they're from the Robin Williams "Good Morning Vietnam" era. Oh, the, okay. Uh, soundtrack. Oh, it so all, good. All, yeah, all along the Watchtower, California Dreaming, Mrs. Robinson, great yeah. stuff. The I, uh, um, Mike Tyson, one of his uh, tattoos uh, is of Arthur Ashe with "Days of Grace," the title of his yeah. memoir above it. And I always had this little thought in my head that Mike may have said to the prison tattooist who did it. I think he may have had it done while he was inside. I, I want Arthur Arthur Ashe, Days of Grace. And then he may have just dropped off and woken up to have Arthur Askey there. And he said, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm mis- sorry Mike, I misheard you. Yeah. What's Hello Playmates? Well, that was his catchphrase. The, the idea that in this American prison where Tyson was, there'd been an old uh, 70-year-old British tattooist who, had, who was hard of hearing. But, of course, that never happened. And Mike no. got the tattoo of the great Arthur Ashe that he wanted. Course. Yes, absolutely. I'm yeah. going to have Arthur Askey. You know, Why don't you have great... a big, on your shoulder, on your bicep, have uh, Allo Playmate <laughs> Arthur Askey for us, Martin, and then I will call you a legend. Good man, good man. <laughs> uh, while you're on the iPlayer, have a look at uh, TOTP2. This is Top of the Pops 2, yeah. um, where they've done it, all the football songs from the uh, mainly the 80s and the mm-hmm. 90s. Yeah. Yeah, it is, and with a great commentary by Mark Radcliffe, who's uh, yeah. actually hilarious on this. Uh, it starts with the, Anf- the Anfield rap, um, where interestingly they're nearly all white. They're nearly all white. These guys doing the Anfield. John Barnes, of course, is on from it, John Barnes, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then he goes from that. He says, "Now more glorious soccer rap crossover uh, <laughs> with the the Snoop Dogg of the dead ball, the vanilla ice of the volley. It's Grandmaster Gazza and the Furious Five across <laughs> midfield with." With fog on the time. Yeah. Um, I, I do love those uh, Top of the Pops too, and they, you get a little bit of uh, trivia, always useful for quizzes, mm. um, which is printed on the screen. Uh, Shawaddy Waddy, who did uh, Blue Moon. Um, Trevor Oaks, uh, father of Scott Oaks. This is Trevor Oaks. Oh, yeah, he was in Show Waddy Waddy, wasn't he? Yeah. Mm. Uh, Scott Far- Oaks, the old Luton player. Correct. 
Oaks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Scott Oaks, who scored a hat-trick in mm. a FA Cup quarter-final against us in 1994. Um, but in, the, in terms of crimes against humanity, I have to put my hands up here and say the Cockney rejects and bubbles, <laughs> that is a crime against humanity to end all. You know, I don't know what they're doing these days. Bless them if they're listening. But uh, really, because they, they, they were, you know, people used to mime on top of the pops. Yeah. They didn't used to mime quite as obviously as... Uh, check it out, if you, you know, Cockney rejects. Do, Brilliant, you know, we will do. Lots of other crimes. And the reason, of course, is we do Don't Ask Me Every Monday is that Mike Ward told us about this show last week, this top of the... And you just yeah. went, oh, really? I must check that out. It's like it never <laughs> happened. That's right. So, yes. um, <laughs> so Martin, you're on overnight yes, on uh, Timmel Casting, Talk Radio and Talk Sport, Yes. Yes, indeed. Uh, two stations, same money. Uh, from, uh, from, <laughs> from one, from one o'clock in the morning. Harsh. One o'clock, one a.m. <laughs> through till yeah. uh, six. Through till forever. <laughs> through till six o'clock. <laughs> through till everybody falls asleep. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talksport. Uh, let's chat now to Mike Ward, uh, Brighton supporting star TV columnist. We're going to be uh, talking about uh, his pick of the non-sporting telly this weekend. Hello, Mike. Hi, guys. Told you it'd be right, didn't I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were always confident. There was oh, never yes. a moment when you doubted. I sensed it. You were you had, you had a cigar on really from, the, from Christmas. The cardboard cutouts got right behind us. Yeah, it's all down to Absolutely. you. Yeah. Really made a difference. So yeah, you can relax at the weekend and watch Miriam Margulies almost Australian. Yes, and why wouldn't I? I like Miriam. Do you? Yeah, you don't. Do and you? he's not, not a femme. Not you at not. all. Have you got a real issue? Go on then. 
Get that no, out of it just doesn't do it for me. I just oh, okay. think all shock value and all, you know, I find it, she comes on on Graham Norton, she pretends she doesn't know what's going on. I just don't buy into any of it. But there you go. <laughs> right, so that's Andy on. won't be watching. <laughs> <laughs> it's a three-part, just so you know, it's a three-part travelogue where she travels around. She became an Australian citizen six years ago, so she's right. going on this thing to discover what it's like to be Aust- properly Australian. I'm thinking you should have probably checked that first, yeah. you know, in all honesty. <laughs> yeah. In case anyway. you don't like Australians. Yeah, you might come back. Oh, no, I'm not going to do that. Maybe yeah. it's too late now. Uh, Ryland's got another quiz show on, hasn't he? Thank the Lord. Yes, yeah. Ryland's back on the telly. It pays. It's it's only a one-off for now, but I think you know it's got that. You know, it sounds so dreadful. I'm sure they're going to make a regular series. It's called It Pays to Behave. Mm-hmm. It's eight o'clock tonight on Channel Four, and basically it's a hidden camera thing where uh, a mum and dad who are who can't control their um, quarrelling uh, teenagers. Uh, are set various tasks to sort of prove that they can uh, up their parenting skills. Right. The kids aren't allowed to know. The kids think the cameras are just there to film a documentary about how dreadful they are, as far as I can make out. Um, but in fact, if the parents can actually achieve some of these tasks, they could win up to £10,000. Wow. Is this an hour? No, it all feels like about four, but it's actually <laughs> just the one. Yeah. It's funny with Ryan. My, my wife's a big fan, and you have to hand it he's to him. Whether good, you I, like I, him or very not. good presenter, you know, yeah. He's doing so much, but, I mean, yeah. he was determined, you know, with the way he started his career, he was determined to get to where he's got to, so you have to hand oh, it yeah. to him. Yeah, I mean, I remember seeing when I was doing TV Burp, he was in a thing about being Katie Price's best friend forever. I mean, he was he was in that, or or being some part of some calendar she was putting together. He's, so really, he's, he's worked hard. Prof- yeah, he's really professional and everything. He does, yeah. you know. I and mean, if you interview, I interviewed him a couple of times. This, so you know, I just play, I listen to what I'm meant to do, and I learn it, and I, I get yeah. it right. So he's quite self-assured in that respect. But you can't argue with it. He no. just does a, a really good job. Live telly is very difficult to do, and he does it very well. Yeah. So Miriam Margulies, nine o'clock BBC Two, uh, Ryland's uh, thing. It pays to behave. Eight p.m. on Channel Four. A uh, bit of football tomorrow night. It's a repeat. From 2016, the 50th anniversary. This is a brilliant film if people haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. So David Jason uh, um, is the presenter. It's called Alfie's Boys. And uh, some great old footage in there, isn't it? Absolutely great footage. And it's a lot of the footage that isn't the obvious stuff. And and, and also interviews, you know, with with the likes of Gordon Banks. This is being shown as well as a a match of their day straight afterwards as a tribute to Jack Tarleton. It's a strange title, though, because whoever called Alf Ramsey Alfie? Nobody. I mean, he was Alf's. When did, Alf's the, when did the film Alfie Camp come out? Is that... Is yeah, that but I'll just call it Alf's. They were Alf's boys, weren't they? Alf's not Alf's boys. boys. Well, where did they get that from? Where what were that? Miriam Margulies is <laughs> ripping, <laughs> ripping the old thing apart here. <laughs> I'm going to watch that in either. <laughs> no, no, I will watch that. <laughs> 8.15, Channel 4 tomorrow night. This sounds quite interesting. How to build British the London cab. Yeah, might be slightly niche, but this is a this is a <laughs> regular thing about car making. You know, mm. and I suppose if you sort of... If you watch how, you know, Inside the Factory or whatever and you think there's too much emphasis on cake and crisps this is more sort of you know the, uh, vehicle manufacturing and yeah it's the it's the london cab so in particular sort of focusing on uh, the modern day 21st century electric one and how that gets made in just 28 hours apparently you can make a cab is it made in china are they chinese or am i going mad no uh, i don't think so no oh, okay well they won't be now yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, from pieces of aluminium a chassis to the all-electric 60,000 powertrain eco cab. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. There yeah. you go. Now, um, it's taken quite a long time to make uh, a TV adaptation of A Suitable Boy. It's probably about 25 years old, isn't it, the book? I um, believe so. Have Vikram you, have, I, I've not read it, and I haven't I haven't dipped into this yet, but this is starting, the new six-part, it's starting Andrew Davis's adaptation, starting on BBC One on, on mm. Sunday night. I'll be honest, I went on holiday. Uh, my sister-in-law came on holiday a couple of years ago with us, and she brought the book with us. And I look and think, you're never going to get through that. It's 1,500 pages. Hmm. 
1,500. That's a lot of pages. That's, that's at least six times longer than any book I've ever read. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So, um, but I, I like I like the idea because that probably I'm never going to get round to reading it. So this is you know promising in that respect. Wow. Uh, set in the uh, early 1950s, uh, post-independent India, and about a young woman falling in love with a, uh, a fellow student who isn't appropriate, and various other things going on politically at the same time. So it's BBC One, 9 p.m. It is, yeah. <clears throat> and uh, I'm quite shocked. This this is a, a program about Hitler that isn't on channel. Five on Sunday <laughs> evening. I know very Hitler's supercars, which right. is an attention grabbing. So I, I didn't realise this in, in in the 1930s before the Second World War. Hitler ordered two uh, leading manufacturers to c- compete to perform the most high performance vehicles imaginable. One mm. of them, if you see it, it looks like something out of, sort of you know 1950s Dan Dare comic. Uh, you know the sort of thing that you, you you couldn't put a roof rack on, put it that way. <laughs> well, nor would you want to. He well, didn't. St- I mean, that would be the thing with Hitler. He said, "Make this incredibly fast supercar, but I want a roof rack yeah, on it, or else." Yeah, yeah, yeah and you're not going to. Yeah, okay. If you insist. In case I want to go away for the weekend with the family and put suitcases on the top of it. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So it's a sort of look at that and some some of these and and they were. By all accounts, extraordinary. Uh, one of them had a world uh, set a world record, speed record that stood for for nearly eight decades. So, um, wow, we. they did what they were asked to do, and I think that was wise. Good stuff. I think okay. we're running out of time, but just uh, th- that thing you're recommending on Monday does sound good, Anthony. Oh, it's absolutely brilliant. Yeah, mm. it's the latest Jim McGovern thing. It's ninety minutes long. It's just, it's the true story. Uh, well, it's largely a true story of Anthony Walker, who was killed in a racial attack in two thousand and five. But what they've done is they've he's done a whole thing imagining the life he would have led. So oh. they play it backwards, and the life he would have led, and that makes the whole thing so much more powerful when the horrors sort of unfold because you sort of real it's all that wasted potential so it's it's tremendous it's really really good the hawksby and jacobs daily podcast from talk sport there we are that was this afternoon's show we'll reconvene on monday at one o'clock enjoy the festival of football on sunday afternoon motty will be here with us on monday to pick over the bones i could of be all in an absolutely matches. terrible mood you if could Chelsea be in a great mood or a bad mood you've turned over brentford later in the evening see if you're in a bad mood i'm in a bad mood because spurs have finished seventh and that means they're going to be relying on Arsenal you winning the FA Cup while Tottenham are out of the Europa League so it's I, I need a victory from you Andy I need you to do us a favour you Hopefully. stuffed us in 2012 you can do us a favour this time yeah fantastic have a great weekend everybody you've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4pm on TalkSport Flexibility is great that's why there's yoga Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too that's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 